Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the star line by singer, producer, platinum-selling film and video director. Last time we talked, he was covered up in punk. Now his album with Osaka pop star Ear Candy is out. We welcome John Cafiero. Hey, Sean. Thanks for having me. It's great to be back with you. John, my friend, let's go beyond the mic. Osaka pop star's music has transcended normal promotional themes. They've got tie-ins to comics, toys, videos, even video games. Why is it so easy for you to jump out of the box that everyone is normally stuck in promotionally? It's really my goal. I, I love to create a whole universe surrounding something. Um, in fact, one of the reasons on Ear Candy, in addition to original material, there is uh, covers of uh, punk rock covers, in fact, of uh, classic pop songs by the Archies, the Partridge Family, and the Monkees. And one of the reasons that I did that is I felt they kind of have a kinship with an Osaka pop, with Osaka pop star in that they also reach beyond the confines of the average band and they exist in a universe of their own in addition to ours. And I like to do that with Osaka pop star. I think it just makes it more fun. It makes it more multidimensional. And, um, you know, why not? When did music first touch your heart and which album did you nearly wear the grooves out of? Well, I will say, uh, I got into music at a very early age. Um, the first record I ever bought was uh, Kiss Alive. And uh, I think it was either right around the same time or shortly after that I got Black Sabbath's Master of Reality. So some of the earliest rock bands, at least, that I was into were Kiss, Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin. And then I later discovered the Ramones with the Road to Ruin album was the first Ramones album I ever heard, and there was no turning back. So, you know, there's so many records, really, that I've just worn out. But probably one of my favorite Ramones records is one that might not be one of their most popular, but it's called Pleasant Dreams. And that, I feel, was... Uh, kind of in in the vein of Osaka Popstar in many respects because it was punk rock, but it had a little bit of a pop edge to it. And um, that's, that's certainly one that I've worn out, but I've worn out a lot of records. So why does music touch your soul so much? It just, uh, you know, appeals to me. I mean, and in particular, punk rock. I like a lot of different music, including classical, but um, punk rock has always been my favorite and the, and the the music that speaks to me the most. And I guess it's just because it energizes me. It, it feels like it's an extension of my personality. It, it makes you feel alive. Uh, it's just a sensory experience that uh, it's one of the joys of life. You've collaborated with the Misfits and the Ramones as manager to both estates. How heavy is that responsibility you've been given, not only to their music, but the memories of those bands? I take it very, very seriously. Um, the Misfits, I have the good fortune of them still being alive and active and um, doing big, bigger and better than ever. Uh, I worked for many years to get the original lineup back together because it's something that I thought historically should happen and that would really be amazing for the fans and for music history. And the guys are having the time of their lives. They're having a great time. The fans are having a great time. And that was important to me, especially after seeing the Ramones never really getting the full appreciation that they were due during their lifetimes. The Ramones really, in my view, didn't get the respect and admiration that the world owed them until they started to pass away. Um, so in getting back to your point, I take it very seriously. It's a huge responsibility. It's a privilege. It's an honor. I really try to do my best for all of them. Um, I feel that I do. And uh, again, it's really been amazing to see the misfits. You know, they're selling out arenas and stadiums and, you know, just 
bringing people into like a musical time machine to see something they never thought they'd be able to see this original groundbreaking punk band with the original members sounding better than ever looking better than ever I mean it's just an incredible experience and with the Ramones having them no longer be here Anything I do, in particular in managing Dee Dee Ramone's estate, I really try to do right by them because they were my childhood heroes. They still are. And um, again, I just always felt as a kid, when I would tell people the Ramones were my favorite band, you'd get kind of like, you know, laughed at or dirty looks. And the Ramones really had the last laugh. It's just that sadly it was after they were no longer here to, uh, to enjoy it. Respect is important for you. How do you feel people see or respect Osaka Popstar? Well, that's a great question. To be honest with you, I've never really thought about it, but I guess the greatest form of respect that I could get for Osaka Popstar is people enjoying it. You know, everything that I do is truly a labor of love. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to work with people that inspired me and work with things that I'm passionate about. And everything that you see or hear in Osaka Popstar is really a reflection of my personality and the things that I love. So, to me, the greatest form of respect would be that if people enjoy it, then that's just fantastic because we need things to uh, to take us into a better place in this world and, and have a good time. And, and I'm, I, I try to provide that. really just want to entertain people and give them a good time. Singer, producer, video director, he's got it all. Our friend John Cafiero joins us beyond the mic, and it's time for the Rocky Nate. Eight random questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There is no pressure. Okay. John, where's your favorite place to hang out in New York? Forbidden Planet Comics. What's the one thing you wish you could change about yourself? Uh, I wish I could go back and do things that I hadn't done that I might have liked to have. Like what? I would have loved to have been able to forewarn the Ramones about the fate that was going to await them and the things that would go on when they were no longer here to speak for themselves. Amazing. When was the last time you cried? When Ronnie Spector died. Why was Ronnie so amazing for you? Well, she was another groundbreaking musician that uh, changed the face of rock and roll and uh, had a unique voice and a unique style that uh, cannot be duplicated or replicated. Uh, Really just an amazing talent. And then compounding that, an amazing person. I had the absolute pleasure to get to work with and produce Ronnie for the Misfits Project 1950 album. quite some time ago. I guess that was the early aughts and um, she guest uh, appeared on vocals for uh, punk rock covers of This Magic Moment and You Belong to Me that I had produced uh, with her singing with the Misfits. And uh, I was very into, you know, I hadn't worked with Ronnie before. We very, very briefly met at uh, Joey Ramone's birthday party and um, I pursued Ronnie for that project. The Misfits were elated that she agreed to do it, as was I, when she came into the studio. I'll be honest with you, I was nervous because, I mean, this is Ronnie Spector. She's a living legend, and I wanted to give her the space to just do her thing and uh, be respectful. And um, at one, you know, very early on in the session, Ronnie just said to me, look, you know, it's okay. Just tell me what to do. You know, tell me what it is that you want me to do. And that immediately just put me at ease. And I felt, all right, if she really wants direction, I'm going to give it to her. And then I started singing the parts to her the way that I would hear them and the way I wanted them. And then Ronnie immediately just said, oh, wow, you're a singer too. That's great. And then we just got along really well. She really felt like this 
cool rock and roll aunt, you know, like maybe when you're a little kid and you have this cool rock and roll aunt, that's kind of what it was like. We got along really well. I would sing her the parts. She would sing them back to me with her own uh, style interjected into it. And it was probably one of the most amazing experiences that I ever had. Uh, It really made me feel, you know, that was the day I really felt uh, justified as a producer because I felt like if I could help Ronnie Spector to do something, then I must be doing something right. And at the end of the session, she was really happy. We were listening back to the tracks and she said, you made me sound like a teenager again. This is amazing. And I couldn't have thought of a bigger compliment. And I used to smoke at the time. Uh, and, and Ronnie did too. And we would take cigarette breaks together during the session. And she would just tell me stories of her life that were just amazing to hear firsthand and was just such a sweet, down-to-earth, incredible person that um, really it was just an amazing experience that I'll never forget as long as I live. And I'd always wanted to work with her again. We kept in touch. I also kept in touch with Ronnie's uh, husband, Jonathan. And when the news came down that she had passed away, I was completely taken aback. Would have never expected it. Um, But I'm really grateful for the experience that, that I got to have in knowing her and working with her. Do you like sunrises or sunsets? Sunsets. I'm more of a night person. Sometimes I'll go to sleep at 7 o'clock in the morning. Favorite comic book of all time? Wow. Um, you know, that's I'm kind of stumbling on that. I'd have to say it's Sweetie Candy Vigilante, the new comic book that I'm producing. Nice. Yeah. So who or what gives you joy right now? My work. You know, uh, when, I, when I create something that I really just genuinely enjoy, it's an amazing feeling. Um, You know, we just did this animated music video for Lost and Found, the single from Ear Candy, which is an original track. And um, I'm thrilled with it. It just came out really incredibly well. There's so many things that I wanted to weave into the storyline, so many little nods and homages. Uh, Saturday morning breakfast cereals, Sweetie Candy Vigilante makes a cameo, the black metal tri- Kawaii black metal trio, which are these characters that you'll see inside of the record packaging, the Osaka pop star Devil Dogs. There's homages to the Archies, the Partridge Family, the Monkees, Fred Armisen stars in it in animated form, the actor-comedian-musician from Portlandia, SNL, and Documentary Now, and the band uh, and I, uh, all in it in animated form. So, Wrapping up that video, I mean, it's a, a it's a hard, you know, it's not easy. It's definitely very labor intensive, time consuming, detail oriented work. But the end result, when it's satisfying, that really brings me a lot of joy. When I create something and I'm able to sit back at it and think, "Wow, I, I personally really like this, and I hope other people do." That really brings me a lot of joy. And when people see the final result and you see the smile in their face, it makes it all worth it. Yeah. Absolutely, it does. You know, it's all about just, uh, you know, I love to create things that provide fun for people um, because I like that myself. And um, really, like I said before, everything I do is sort of a labor of love. So if other people appreciate it, I think that's amazing. It's it's a great feeling. John, what was the greatest sacrifice in your life? Wow. Uh, I guess in 
some respects, giving up some things that I might want to do for the betterment of others that I care about in my life. What do you like to do on a day off? Sleep. <laughs> I don't get I, I don't get a whole lot of it. <laughs> if you're enjoying these conversations, please check out another Beyond the Mic episode to find more actors, artists, and people you need to know. We'd also appreciate a like and subscribe on the Good Pods app. It's time for the back half with the brainchild of Osaka pop star, our friend John Cafiero, beyond the mic. John, your album has a limited edition, Candy Swirl Bite Vinyl Edition. What makes vinyl so appreciated? Uh, I guess because people in contemporary society are so used to being able to have music in streaming form immediately accessible to them digitally that... Um, the physical medium has kind of taken a backseat, which I think is a shame because I really do feel that the packaging of a record is part of what catapults you into the world of the music that you're listening to. It's really important to me. It always was as a kid, you know, having that album cover to wonder about and look at while you're listening to the record, that represents the metaphorical movie in a sense that goes with the soundtrack that you're listening to. Um, so it's great to see that vinyls made a bit of a comeback, you know, granted it's still for a, a collector base and it's not really as widely appreciated as, you know, things like digital music are, but I think it's incredibly important and it's great to see that people still appreciate it. And that's why even with this record, there are so many components of it because I want to expand on that world and expand on that universe of Osaka pop star so that the listener not only has the music, but all this other stuff, you know, we have amazing front cover artwork, which is the character, sweetie candy vigilante you see on the cover holding this candy swirled bitten record. And then when you open up the package, the actual physical vinyl inside looks exactly like what you see her holding on the cover, which was a new process that I, I kind of encouraged to come to be because I wanted to do this and the pressing plant had to figure out a way to pull it off. And when it was done, they even said to me, we've never seen a record like this. And literally when you get that vinyl, it's this surreal piece of candy record that you're holding in your hand. It literally looks just like the cover artwork. It's a magenta and white candy swirl, and it has a bite taken out of it. Hell yes! So, you know, that's part of the experience. And then in addition to all of the artwork on the uh, pack of the jacket and on the inside, there's a download card. And on the download card, you get not only the music, not only a digital version of the booklet, but you also get a 32-page full-color variant version of the very first issue of this new comic and this new property, Sweetie Candy Vigilante, and it's a comic book starring the character you see on the album cover for Ear Candy, the record cover for Ear Candy. And she literally is this candy vigilante who has, through her family proprietary secrets, created these confectionery weapons that are absolutely devastatingly, viscerally lethal to bad people but delicious and life-changing to good people. And um, there's a scene in the comic where she totally annihilates this team of bad guys in a bar while listening to Sugar Sugar covered by Osaka Pop Star on a jukebox. Very cool. And that, song, <laughs> and that song's on the record. So it's all these things kind of tie together to just give you this bizarre, well-rounded universe to uh, to just throw yourself into for for a little while. <laughs>
The past couple of years have been challenging because of the pandemic. How did you spend your time in the pandemic and how did it change you? Uh, I spent pretty much all of the time working from home. Uh, I had just finished the mixes for this record right before the pandemic struck. Originally, I was planning to put this record out in 2020 and to tour with it. And um, I just put it all on hold because of the pandemic and the uncertain state of things. And um, I did a lot of different things. I um, produced a a Dr. Demento record that uh, was rooted in... um, music from the earliest uh, era of novelty music. It was literally from the late 1800s through the, uh, I think, mid-1920s, if I remember correctly, because, you know, you just couldn't go into the studio. A lot of things that I was doing were just on hold, and um, Dr. Demento wanted to do a new record. We had an offer to do something, and we just had this concept of maybe doing this, like, turn-of-the-century stuff. Um, So I had done that produced that project because it was something that could be done from home, uh, continued producing the Sweetie Candy Vigilante comic. There's literally six issues print ready, and that's going to go wide to comic book shops on a bi-monthly basis starting in the fall. We're just about to ink a deal with one of the biggest indies who, frankly, I think is the perfect company for this. I, I don't want to mention anything yet because we haven't signed, but I believe that's going to be done by next week. Um, so that was going on, developing... Uh, artwork for Osaka Pop Star, always um, involved in merchandising with all of the properties that I work with. And a second Dr. Demento album is coming out. Do you mean Dr. Demento covered in punk volume two? Hell yes. Yeah, I'm halfway through it. it. Frankly, had it not been for the pandemic, that would have been out already. I literally, I was just finishing the mixes on Ear Candy, and I had just finished a bunch of rehearsals for a slew of tracks for Dr. Demento covered in punk volume two, and the first recording session of many was about to happen two days after you know the pandemic struck so that everything just got canceled and it's been on hold for some time and every time i thought we were going to be able to start again there were all those false starts so that record that's halfway finished uh hopefully i finish that up by the end of this year and then that comes out next year and there's also another osaka pop star album uh well it's an ep really it'll be six songs that's nearly done and um that'll be out sometime next year as well you don't sleep do you no very little there's too much to do. If you hadn't chosen music, what career would you have wanted to try? If I hadn't chosen music, uh, I'd be a film director, but I've done that too. And it's funny because I kind of, even though I was always into music as a kid and had bands as a kid, uh, then my professional career really started to take off with me producing and directing. And then I just got back into music again. But I, I definitely, there's a lot of different hats that I wear. I mean, I'm a musician, I'm a producer, I'm a film and video director, I'm a former animator, I'm a manager. So any one of those things it could be, but if I were to do something completely different from all the stuff that I do, I'd probably uh, do something with animals. Uh, you know, as, as simplistic as it sounds, you know, even being a, a dog groomer would be a really relaxing environment, and I love dogs, and uh, I get along really well with them. If you could have one moment again with someone you've lost... Who would it be, and what would you want to do? Uh, I'd want to have a really long conversation with Joey Ramon. It's time for one big question with John Caffiero, Beyond the Mic. John, what advice do you give a musician right now about your craft, dreams, and chasing their dreams? Uh, My advice would be to really do what you love and not try to fit 
any mold and not try to do something simply because it's what society or the business or, you know, what is selling dictates. You've got to really just do it from the heart and soul and express what it is that you want to express. And um, if other people love it, that's great. Um, but if they don't and you're satisfied with it, then creatively that is a huge accomplishment. And being that the music business is such a difficult state now because the world looks at music as free, don't rely on solely that for your bread and butter because it's going to be a really hard life. You may get really lucky, but right now, as far as trying to sell music to make a living, there's got to be other things. I mean, even the most successful musicians are mainly making their music from merchandising and touring because music, you know, the average person just listens to it for free online. And even those that buy physical media, it's a small collectible base. So you should really do it for yourself first and foremost. And if you're satisfied with what you're doing and you get some joy from that, then that's really the most important thing. And then if other people like it too, even better. And if you get lucky and it takes off, that's great. But definitely have some other stuff that you also love and appreciate that you can uh, survive with. Where can people find you online? Uh, you could go to osakapopstar.com and uh, you'll find out all the information about Ear Candy. You'll see links to see the animated music video for Lost and Found. Uh, if you want to know more about me personally, then uh, in addition to what I'm doing with Osaka Popstar, you can follow me on social media. It's at John Cafiero, J-O-H-N-C-A-F as in Frank, I-E-R-O, at Twitter and Instagram. And really, you know, like I said, I hope that you that you all dig what I'm doing because I really... Uh, I love the things that I do and the people that I get to work with. I feel very fortunate, and uh, it's my hope that other people get some fun out of it, too. You'll find him relaxing in a comic book store, could have been a dog groomer, and last cried when Ronnie Spector passed. His latest project with Osaka pop star Ear Candy is out now. We thank John Cafiero for taking the time to talk with us today. Thanks so much for having me, Sean. I really appreciate it. It's great to be back with you. Thank you so much, John. You're always welcome back. That, my friends, is Beyond the Mic.